Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, not this rubbish with Flakey Blakey. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And we are blessed today to have actual talent on the podcast with us today. Blake, tell us all about it. Matt, Matt Lanevez, the actor, is joining us all the way from the uh, the hills. It's not the Hollywood Hills, is it? It's the hills outside LA. Yeah, just the hills south of LA. I'm not in an underground bunker somewhere in the bowels of Civic, although I have I have been in land speed. It's a bit of a hallmark of Canberra. No, I'm... I mean, like oh, sorry, what, what are you saying about land speed records? Oh, man, I don't know I've what you're talking about. Since I was there. So anyway, I, I, we won't talk about that. We'll talk about the Canberra Raiders and I'm happy to join, mate. I've been a, a fan of the podcast for a very long time and I love the humour and the irreverence and I agree with Blake more than the pork, but that's okay. I'm here to uh, talk Most a little bit of league and have a laugh and, and uh, try and get some more people jumping on board this podcast and watching the Raiders on the weekend and and having a good time, man, because uh, I bleed green. Is, is there much of it? It's rare that we actually get the ass Clown, my ass Clown of the Week, actually on the show live, but here you are. So it's just absolutely fantastic. Oh, we're Very starting happy. off but, that way, are we? Well, I could be the yeah, Arse Clown of the well, Week, maybe, but you could be the ass Clown of the Year. We'll see how we go. <laughs> well, there are some heavy contenders this year. I'll admit that I'm a front runner in that. I reckon I've got a good good shot at it, but I'm not the only contender. We aren't coming to you from the filthiest store in Barry somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal. And I can confirm to you now the rumours that Mr. Neves has just said that is somewhere in Landspeed Records is completely false. Completely <laughs> false. Isn't that right, Blake? Yeah, it may have been at one point, but we had to relocate. Yeah, because they were, they were hooking on to us. People yep. have discovered, you know, they were starting to figure out where we were, so we moved, and we're not going to tell you where that is. We're brought to you with the extremely dubious support of the Greenhouse, the Canberra Raiders' number one fan forum on the internet. Get online and get engaging, especially during these times of lock lockdown. You know, there's good things to do out there. Join in with the 90,000 people who bleed green just like you. And talking about people who bleed green, when it actually reopens and you can actually go and purchase things, go in and meet the people at Landspeed Records. They're wonderful people. Um, and buy your records, CDs, uh, T-shirts, all sorts of paraphernalia for people who love the Canberra Raiders just as much as you do. And if you're listening to this podcast, you really must love the Canberra Raiders because it is just a rolling heart attack, is it not, gentlemen? It certainly is. This year's been um, been difficult. It's been some of the hardest games to watch. I mean, the New Zealand Warriors game in the first round, the first time we played them was one of the hardest games I think I've had to watch all year. And and then uh, thankfully we got over the top of this weekend. But, you know, the boys are back and we've got our talisman back at number one. So hopefully we can get over the, the sombrero wearing Bondi boys and, and uh, book a date with Parramatta in the first round of the semis. Oh, and that would be very, very good. And it was the Warriors win, though. I mean, like, is that as an awful start as you've seen to a Canberra Raiders game? I mean, I think that's up against the prelim against Melbourne last year for awful starts. Well, in that game against Melbourne, Melbourne was just so good. Whereas, I mean, the Warriors were um, they were playing pretty well in the first half, but we basically gifted them three tries. Yeah, that first try and the first, what, the third tackle, you know, a bit of a mental mistake at marker. And then the, the next couple of tries are off kicks. So I, I wasn't too disheartened, actually. A couple of games earlier in the year, the Gold Coast game, 
you know, and certainly some games in previous years against teams like Melbourne, I've always, you know, I just I, I pull my hair out, but um, and I don't have that much left. But no, I I, I was confident. I, I kind of like watching the the guys chase a, a lead rather than try and defend it. I mean, I remember yeah. that, that game against Newcastle earlier in the year um, in Wagga when we were up, and as soon as Newcastle scored one try a minute into the second half, we folded. It was just awful. So I was happy to watch them throw the ball around a bit. We've, so was that your biggest hissy fit of the year? I, I think that was probably mine. That that was that was the bit where I really spat the dummy the heaviest against the team. I really thought that was pretty. I I, I wasn't as angry as other people were with the Titans' loss. I sort of saw that one coming, um, and was ready. I knew the Titans were up for, it and I knew we weren't right in the mental space that we should have been. Um, but the nuke one that was that was a match blown. It really. Oh, although I think the Cowboys' loss was another one that was pretty bad. Oh, Dragons, that wasn't good. There's a lot of bad ones. The Dragons was game management in a breeze, and I understand. I mean, but that Newcastle one, you're right. And then suddenly, after that first try, they were just getting um, so many metres, and we were just through the middle. And, you know, at that time, I suppose Ricky's bench rotation wasn't exactly what it should have been. And and then on, on, on top of that, you know, some players in this league for a couple of, you know, maybe two decades now have just got, um, I don't know, bees on them or something that we don't play well against. And Kalen Pong is one of those. It used to be Benji Marshall. He, and yeah. uh, we couldn't beat Benji. And and then suddenly now Kalen can just do whatever he wants against us. And it's we just watch him play. And, and he certainly tore us apart that game and the next game, you know? Yeah. He's one of those players I always, for a while there, I was thinking, is he overrated, this guy? People always talk about it. And then, I don't know. He's, no, no, he's, not over, he's, he's not overrated. The, the, the Canberra Raiders over the years have the ability to make um, ordinary players look like superstars. And yeah, superstars mm. look like, well, incredible superstars. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we, Knights fans get frustrated because he has that in him and then he doesn't do anything for two months. But he seems to do it against us. I know. Well, that's, that's I always am shocked that they've had a bit of a late run and they had a good draw, you know, to get that seventh spot. But, um, I'm always shocked that Newcastle aren't doing better because of the times I see them play against us. They absolutely yeah, kill they it. look like world beaters. The, the time last season when we thought we were great and went up to Campbelltown and <laughs> absolutely put the cleaners through us, you know, and yeah. you just thought, and then the next week they went out and got beaten. And it's like, what, what's going on here? You know, and, and there are some sides that just match up well against other sides and maybe that's the case. But Bradman but, yeah, Best is the other one that always kills us as well and he hasn't gone and played that well since that game, but he always kills us. No, but no, we, we no, might be hasn't. a little bit stronger in defence in the centres if we have to play them again later in the year. Who knows? It's true. Well, Jordan Rappin gets the uh, land speed records, $20 man in the match for Blake and the Porks player of the game. Again, honourable mentions uh, abounded. Harley Smith-Shields, Matt Tomoko, uh, Josh Papali and Joe Tarpanay. Have I missed anyone? Did you say no, Hudson Young? I didn't say Hudson Young. Is he in there? Is he in the honourable mentions area? Yeah. I mean, he scored that try in the end. Matt Frawley had a yeah, good I game. Hudson Young managed to break a few tackles, and um, you know, I thought I thought the second half we started to click. You know, we a lot of our attack in the first half was going down the right, and was a bit disjointed, and and then in the second half we managed to swing it a little bit further over to the right to open up the space down the left, and um, I was quietly confident after that that first set of six we had after half time. So I, I was really happy with the way they played, and, and I think they get a bit more direction with Frawley. So I, I thought he had a good game too. Yeah, no, he did. And and the good news is um, both uh, Corey uh, Horsburgh and uh, Ryan Sutton um, have a lot of improvement in them after that game because I think both of them had a rough time. 
um, both not great hands, not great defence either in some cases. Yeah, it's it's a tough one with Ori. Um, I mean, with Horsburgh, with the horse, it's you want him to get those offloads because we certainly play better when we're offloading. I mean, think about what Corey Hadawitanida did against the Sharks, but a couple of those offloads, you know, he, it, they were just ludicrous. There was one late in the game that almost cost us the game, and he's got a mistake in him, and I suppose a few of our bench forwards do, but we do need that point of difference because we don't have that creative seven. So I'm happy for him to chance his arm. You just hope that it comes off, especially against the bigger teams. Yeah, when he was, when he was, when he was playing for the Bulldogs, I don't know if you saw those games, he was had like six or seven offloads every game. He was offloading like crazy. And obviously he's brought that back in, but yeah, you gotta you gotta pick your times. You can't try and do it every single time. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's true. But I think we're now to the pointy end of the season where we've got a chance our arm, and and that's just the way it's going to be. There's going to be errors in that, but as we saw with chancing our arm for the the Jordan Ralph and the try right at the end, um, well, not right at the end as it turned out, but the one that pretty much sealed the match. Um, you know, that was chancing the arm. It was just like, there, there's no point in playing any conser- anything conservative at this point. And we're not going to get anything out of playing conservative game against um, uh, the Roosters this weekend. I think we really have to very much, um, we have to really very much make sure that while we keep in the grind and we keep our defensive errors, you know, our errors right down, that we have to actually make sure that we're having a go. Yeah. yeah. We, should, we should mention first though, Jordan Rappanut re-signed for two years. Pork, you had the exclusive. You yeah, broke we, the we story. Word. We, bre- we did break the story that he was coming through, and that's the sort of thing that's keeping Raiders' view with the Blake and the Pork uh, firmly in number three position. Um, you know, it's very hard to knock us off from that spot when we're coming out with, you know, that sort of, you know, breaking of the stories. And plus, you know, like doing things like recording the podcast but not hitting the record button. I mean, especially when you got an international Hollywood superstar <laughs> on the show. I mean, what sort oh, of person man, would do that sort of that, thing? I was saving that for Ask Clown of the Week. Well, we're going to cover that further in Ask Clown of the Week, okay? But okay, you're up okay. and I, yes, you, you broke the story and people always say to me, why do you do the show with the pork? You know, he's got no idea. The ludicrous hot takes. And I said, look, every now and then, the club throw him a bone and we get a little bit of, we get a little bit of insight. And so he brings that little bit of insight. So it's, 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 uh, you've got to balance out the hot takes with the, occasionally we get a text message from someone within the inner sanctum. Yeah. No, it's, it's, <laughs> I think it's also good, especially in years like this year, to be able to turn on a Raiders podcast. And I turn them all on. I've been listening to all of them for a very long time. But it's great to be able to turn one on and have a laugh, you know, even after a loss. And, and that's one of the reasons why I love this podcast and why I'm so happy to be here is because you know, the great characters and you can still have a laugh and you can have a laugh about some of the, the people that you like to watch in rugby league and it doesn't always have to be doom and gloom and talking about the bench rotation and all that hoopla. Sometimes you can have a good time. Thanks, Matt. Well, talking about having a, having a good time, um, I think uh, after the weekend's match, young Danny Stewart was having a fairly good time. Yeah, right. Good as gold, Solzy. <clears throat> all right, mate. All right, Solzy. No worries, mate. I'll uh, see you later. Oh, <clears throat> Yeah, this is Danny Stewart, the uh, half-brother of a uh, Canberra's coach, Ricky Stewart. <coughs> well, first of all, I just want to uh, apologise to my uh, growing army of fans for not making an appearance on last week's show. Why, uh, I know uh, you all miss me. <coughs> uh, also, address the, uh, in regards to the other uh, scurrilous rumour floating around about me that I uh, supposedly asked for a large uh, financial incentive to appear on this uh, 
podcast. Uh, I can confirm that's absolute BS. So I, uh, I do it for the love, and that uh, will continue to uh, be the case. <clears throat> now, in regards to the uh, other uh, uh, crap swirling around about me that I uh, supposedly uh, tapped up the uh, Green Machine podcast for a start there, uh, I can confirm that uh, that isn't the case either. <clears throat> Uh, unlike, uh, oh, hang on a minute. Oh, I'm just doing my piece, I'll, I'll call you back after this, mate. Uh, yep, I, uh, can confirm that to be yes. Uh, unlike that, uh, John Sharkey bloke, I, uh, uh, I've chosen to remain loyal to the podcast that, uh, gave me a start. Uh, that bloke doesn't know the meaning of the word loyalty, unfortunately, and, uh, needs to, uh, have a long hard look at himself. <coughs> now back to the, uh, back to the footy, and what I, uh, what a famous win that was over the Warriors last Friday night, eh? <coughs> now I'm not, uh, I'm not one prone to hyperbole, but that is a uh, as famous a win as I can recall in the uh, uh, club's 39 year history. <coughs> now, as Rick said last week, he's got uh, 17 blokes in there with hearts the size of Farlap. <coughs> now they didn't give up. Well, we played like shit most of the game, but we came home with a uh, wet sail, and we're still in there for chance now. <coughs> now all we've got to do now is. Uh, uh, try and beat the uh, battered Roosters, um, and then uh, do the unthinkable and uh, become Melbourne Storm fans for 80 minutes. <coughs> uh, but we're still a chance to uh, Bradbury our way to the eight there and uh, go you Green Machine. Now I don't know about you, Blake, but I'm a bit disturbed about that talk about uh, the Green Machine podcast on that, mate. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to be getting on the blow to Danny after this. Yeah, just, no, just re- deny it all. Just, just <laughs> remind him who discovered him as a, as an obscure, you know lunatic on Twitter and gave him an opportunity yeah. to shine. He gave him his chance and, you know, all of a sudden he's, you know, too big for the podcast, you know, wants to be more than number three, you know. You know, I've even t- heard that he was talking to Raider Nick at one stage. It's just, you know, it's disgraceful. Anyway, we have a match to win this weekend um, and there's an equation for the Raiders making the final. There are three scenarios, one of which is actually, you know, it could be achieved and two of which are absolutely far-fetched, but I'm going to go through all three of them. Uh, one, we must win and the Sharks must lose. That happens, we make the finals, we make eighth position. Eighth is the best we can do. Two, the Sharks win narrowly, like one or two points, and we beat the Roosters by 52-plus. Obviously, that's probably the more likely than number three, which is we lose by very little, the Sharks get thumped by 52-plus, and the Titans lose. Um, I think we can agree that two and three are very unlikely and one's our best shot. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. It's good that we're up first, though, I think. You, all we can do is just win. And whatever happens from then, you know, happens. But we, we're being up first, I think, is better. better yeah, there'd, the be, there'd be nothing worse than going into the game after, you know, the Sharks get an upset win or something, and then suddenly the boys are playing for nothing. So knowing that there's something on the line, and, and I mean, you know, the Roosters have picked a pretty formidable team. Um, but just before the podcast, I, I managed to wind the clock back and look at the um, semi-final where we where we broke their supposed dynasty. Don't even talk about the six again. Jeez. But um, the SCG, I watched that game and, and we played so well and Chance Nickel Clockstar was, was so good in that game. Defensively, he would have saved three or four tries. Do you remember the tackle in the corner where he grabbed the Morris brother kind of by the shoulder and yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. He just, he was everywhere and I think after last week's run, um, we're going to be so much better for having him. And looking at a statistic in the paper today, we're a 10-point better team with him at the back. And um, we 
we concede eight points less and we score two or three more. And, and I remember having arguments with some of my mates earlier on in the season about how bad the Raiders were doing. And, and I was just trying to let him know how important he is to our team, kind of like a turbo is yep. to Manly. And, and I remember finding a statistic that um, Nickel Klukstar is the best defensive fullback in the competition. And um, when you watch him, you start to realise just how, how good he is at positioning himself. And, um, and then on top of that, he also opens up both sides of the field because he plays, he plays a receiver and he goes left and right. You know, he's not just a straight north-south runner like a Rapiner and it's going to be interesting when Savage is back next year but I'm, I'm so mm. I'm so happy to have CNK back and I'm still angry at Viliami Kikau for breaking his neck and not getting suspended for one second but anyway that's another have that's you another noticed thing. that Viliami Kikau's head looks just like the old uh Lambswool sheep covers from the the 1980s I mean it looks exactly like one of those I used to have those Lambswool sheep covers on my old Peugeot 504 did, did, did you get it from Skinny's of course, I got it from Skinny's. Where else would you get it from? Oh, I don't even like want to what? know what Skinny's is. <laughs> oh, you also got your UGG boots from Skinny's. It was it was like Surely. a retailer. It was a lamb's next, wool retailer next to Copper Art. You'll be next, saying you don't. You, yeah, next you'll be saying you don't remember what Paddywax for knickknacks was, Matt. Oh, mate, I spent gracious. more time in at the at the Woden at the mall in Woden, or when they built the Hyperdome. I'm I'm south side. I'm not north side like you two, Bogans. I was from the other side of town, so I. I um, Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how a boy from Canberra calls me a bogan. It's true, I am, but I'm not sure how a boy from Canberra gets away with that. I I grew up on the main main streets of the inner city. Yeah, two six zero two Campbell Ainsley. It was rough. It was rough. I was on the Belcompton Bad Streets two six one four. Two nine zero two Canberra all the way, guys. All the way. Oh my goodness, guys, man. Yeah. Well, anyway, where John Sharkey hangs out. He does hang oh, out mate, there, I'm although not, he did I mean, make I'm a foray into the creek the other day. Yeah. I think you should. It's wild. Yeah. He will, he he's, will, well, he's moved up from shivs to shanks, apparently. He's he's not happy with Matt either, because I sent Matt... Um, I actually posted Matt Sharky's beanie yesterday, so... Well, that's how you should. That's fantastic. Um, and Ask talking clown about or... the beanies... Ass clown? Ass oh, clown? It's, 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 you'll be wearing it the right way around, because, of course, you're, you're in the United States of America, so you'll be wearing the beanie the correct way. With the AWS, not the Iris, which Irish. is clearly sort of like a yeah, Irish, yeah, Iris. Um, so, but you'll wear that with pride, obviously. Um, but uh, there are things that made me angry on the weekend. In fact, you might say they grind my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? You know what grinds my gears, gentlemen? Having to go for the Brisbane Broncos. You know, sitting there thinking, oh, gee, if the Broncos can just beat Cronulla, this will be really, really good. And then not just feeling dirty with yourself because you've you've actually decided you want the Mustard Maroon to do well, which is just against every instinct in my body. But then having to actually follow that pack of clowns and watch them lose to a side that really they should have beaten and just didn't, um, it grinds my gears. It makes me feel ill that I even did that um, and yet there I was with so many of us who were bleeding green just saying oh come on just score a couple more tries but, and then you suddenly realise you're not going to do it you're just a pack of useless fools and the worst thing is at some stage they're going to improve they're going to beat our side and we're going to have to live with a memory of actually wishing they did something good and it grinds my gears yeah there was there was a tweet from um, Jack Cronin last year it was around a similar point in the season where we wanted the West Tigers to win and he said, I just tried supporting the West Tigers for the last 80 minutes. It was terrible. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Yeah, yeah no, just disgusting. I also have a bone to pick, of course. And another thing that grinds my gears is now we've got Matt on there. Um, 
my wife made me watch i don't know how many seasons there were of offspring but you were in quite a number of them as the the good looking uh, love interest for asha Kitty, doctor of course um yeah and um you know happy wife happy life but you know you got a lot of, lot to do to make that up to me that's all i'm oh, saying mate. well at least your wife's happy that's all i that's all i care about so we get matt on the show and you're offending him pork you're offending him I'm, I'm sorry. You're always calling me a toady and a lick spittle and stuff, and now when I actually <laughs> go away from that, apparently now I'm in the wrong. Well, I, right, I, was you... to, I was trying to impress the ladies of Australia. and uh, although, I, I think you did a pretty good job. One might come up to me on the street one day, and he basically shoved me, and he's like, mate, you ruined my, you ruined my girlfriend, you ruined my, my relationship. And I was like, oh, what, what happened? He goes, well, she wants me to be like you, and no one's like you in real life. And he started trying oh. to pick a bottle. <laughs> so she left him. Dr. Dreamy. The fantasy. But, um, anyway. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, but that's like that's like the bandit healer complex. No one, no one can be like Bluey and Bingo's dad. He, it's impossible. You cannot possibly meet that, you know, image of right. a father. You know, what a good I've show. actually written an official letter complaint to ABC saying, please put some realistic expectations that I can actually meet. As more, a you're, you're, more, you're more of a homer. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely more of a Homer. And and I'll embrace that. And then Homer is a very important person, especially in, in the United States culture, because he's the very first figure in popular culture in America that made fun of the everyday Americans. Before that, you had the Goma Piles or the Jerry Lee Lewis acting like they were weird and strange, or at best, you know, the lovable rogue of Fred Flintstone. Homer's the first unrepentant idiot that says, I'm an everyman American, and I love him for it. Yeah, me too. I grew up with him, eh? But let's, okay, let's rank our most hated Brisbane Broncos players of all time. Oh, that's a Gotta big a one. Oh, J- Julian O'Neill. Yeah, Mick Hancock back then was. A oh, Mick Hancock, the angriest winger to ever Three play. Knees. Um, Three knees. Uh, Wally Lewis was there for a little while, and we got to hate Wally Lewis. Yeah, Wally Lewis is mine. Yeah, I, I, Tony whenever, Carroll. Whenever a Queenslander says the king, I just cringe. I throw up in my mouth. But um, <laughs> I just think that's how you should. On him. Um, yeah, Alfie Langer also hated Alfie Langer. I think the the bit it's one thing to beat a side, but to rub it in their faces like uh, Alfie Langer with St George can't play. I just thought to myself, "Yeah, mate, take a good look at yourself. Take a good look at yourself." And fortunately, we've been able to look at him ever since because he's always on the field. So I think he's my most hated Bronco. And Justin Hodges when he played for them was a oh player. yeah, he was always third man into a fight. And... Yeah. Anyway, good sledger though. Like Enough with that. All you need to do, Raiders fans, is if you if you're still listening, which I know you are, just get up your your rugby league app and look at the ladder and look where Brisbane are. And just it is good, isn't it? Good thoughts. Yeah. Well, now it's time for everyone's favourite. Se- uh, I can't even talk. Probably segment. Ask clown of the week. <laughs> Who have you got for us this week, Matt? Um, I've got a couple really, and um. It's, it's been going on for a few months. I'm sure the entire listeners here agree with me. It's not just Graham Annesley, but it's the entire structure of the referees and, and including Peter Volandis. I'm just sick of the inconsistency. I'm, I'm sick of hearing that, you know, we're going to change the way that it is and, and our one of our best players, Papa Lee, in the Magic Rounds wiped out for five weeks and, and then suddenly things have changed, you know. It's, it's, it's just... The players don't know where they stand. The fans don't know where they stand. And it's now, I think, up to the NRL in the off-season to come up with some really strict guidelines and uh, and don't differ from it. Don't don't fall away. I, I remember I was so proud of the NRL in 20, 
it must have been 16 or 17. 2018, I think. They, 2018, when they decided to um, crack down on the wrestle. And it was the year after the Melbourne Cronulla Grand Final, which was a snooze, snooze fest. And the game was being ruined by those two clubs. I couldn't stand watching the way that they played. And they just strangled the life out of any attacking football. And I, so they wanted to change it. And then suddenly Melbourne played Cronulla in like the third or the fourth round. Yeah. 40 penalties or something. Chechen was a ref and was like, yeah, some huge amount of penalties and they backed down. Shark Park and then Gus Gould and all the, you know, supposed heavyweights started having a crack at the refs and they folded. And, and now we've ended up, because of that, we've ended up with a version of touch football and we're talking about new rules every week. And, and I'm just sick of it. I'm just sick of, it's not necessarily honestly. It's, I, don't, I don't even know if the refs know what they're doing. And I just, I, I think they're the ass clown of, of the decade. But um, especially this week, well, we're watching good players be rubbed out. We're watching good players get their face broken. And, you know, we're still arguing over the meaning of things rather than just knowing what it is and moving forward. Well, I'm going to be more specific with my ass clown because while I completely agree with every word you just said, Henry Perinara is my ass clown of the week. How anyone looks at that in line with every other decision that's been made this season and doesn't say Latrell Mitchell had to go. I'm not talking about whether he meant to. I'm sure he didn't. I'm sure he just meant to put Manu down. He just missed a la CHN, a la Papali'i. I'm sure he did. Um, I don't think he's a, he's a vicious soul, but he did it. And he did it, and he smashed someone's cheekbone. He had to go off the field there. Had he gone off the field then at that point, maybe Souths don't blow, you know. Um, no, they don't. They don't. The Roosters away. They might still have won, given just a massive gulf between the two sides, but they don't, you know, do that. And that could make a big difference in the season, you know, like the Roosters being there. I, I think Henry Perinara, I've met him, I've talked to him, he's a hell of a nice bloke, but I am not putting him on the field as a ref, on the touchline, and I'm not putting him in the bunker anymore, just like people might meet you, Matt, but they're not going to put you in the front row for the Raiders. You know, yeah, and it, it's not about whether you're a good guy or a bad guy. It's about whether you're up for the job. And this is a professional sport where you've got salary caps for each club, which are nominally, I say nominally, $9.3 million for each club. And you've got a situation where you've got someone in the bunker who's making decisions, getting decisions wrong, which any one of us would get right. And he's my ass clown of the week. Blake, who's yours? Uh, yeah, well, just on Henry Perinara. I mean, yeah, he's been ass clown of the week. I think that's the third or fourth time this season. On this show, and it's it is it is truly neck and neck as to who's going to take out. Arsenal. I've already declared that you two are both winners, but you know something still could happen. But um, yeah, the other thing about Henry Perinara was early in the year when they appointed him um, in the put him in the bunker for the State of Origin game. I was just absolutely just dumbfounded, confused, and horrified because I thought, does someone actually think that he's the best person for this job? And like you say, it's it's not a case of um, you know whether we think he's a good guy, and I'm sure he's a great guy, but yeah. I don't. You can have the biggest asshole in the world. You need the the best person for the job. Doesn't matter yep. whether exactly. whether right. they're nice or not. And uh, yeah, we're well, also me. starting to try and find interpretations or common sense and rules that are meant to be black and white. Like in the state of origin, he made a mistake with that kick through when Payne Haas followed the ball and was inside the ten. Now that's just a black and white rule. Where you know, as Raiders fans, we know too well about Henry Perinara. I mean, geez, I've yep. never seen a forward pass. I have as much oh, effect yeah. on a game and be that that forward in my life. Um, and and, and I've never going. seen a situation where three officials missed something so blatant that everybody else saw. Like instantaneously, there was no one who didn't see it. 
they were the only three that missed it. And I can tell you, I was right near the touch judge on that side of the field. I saw it in exactly the same line he did. And it was blatantly obvious that it was forward yeah. from the other side of the field from it. Um, I don't know how Henry missed it or the touchy on the other side missed it. It was, yeah. Anyway, he's got to go. But uh, yeah. Blake, you've got to ask Clown for us. I've got, I've got two. So I've got myself for uh, last night, keeping Matt up till one thirty in the morning and then discovering that we hadn't actually recorded the episode. So nice, this is this nice, is this yeah. is take two. This is take That's two mate, again, I, again. I need, and I this... need two takes when I'm filming anyway. So the first take, yeah, warmer up. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> this is, like I said, this is what keeps us number three. Is this sort of excellence? When we strive for excellence here at Razor Review with Blake and the Pork, and who else have you got? Uh, and Buzz Rothfield. Uh, so Buzz oh. was on NRL 360. He broke the whole story about um, the Curtis Scott John Bateman fight. And he sort of said that, you know, he'd, he'd got it from inside source at the Raiders. And then he sort of backpedaled and said, no, it hadn't come from the Raiders. It had come from somewhere else. So I don't know where somewhere else was. But then in the midst of telling all this story, um, he mentioned how he and Don Ferner don't speak. And they haven't spoken for 20 years. Well, I think he exaggerated that a bit. But what he didn't mention is the, the reason why they don't speak is because um, when Josh Dugan sort of first burst onto the scene, I think it was like, oh when it was about 2009, uh, there was a lot of talk that he was going to go to the Roosters. And um, Buzz Rothfield wrote that, yeah, he was going to the Roosters and the reason why he was going to the Roosters was because Don Ferner Jr. was incompetent and Dugan didn't like him and all this stuff. Dugan did end up actually re-signing through all that. But um, Don Ferner Jr. successfully um, sued Buzz Rothfield for defamation. So that's the reason why. That's the origin of the beef. But Buzz, yeah, hasn't hasn't mentioned that. So Buzz yeah, Rothfield, again, he's he's a perennial ass clown. Well if you watched if you watched that episode, which I did, it was embarrassing. I mean, he was on the night before claiming, you know, this breaking news story. Well, he's one of only a handful of journalists, so they're always gonna be breaking news, but he's claiming this story. And then suddenly you find out the next day that the reason it's breaking is because of someone in Curtis Scott's camp. And it's, and then to attack the, the CEO of a club uh, in that way, and you just saw it, I, I watched it, and you just saw the kind of feeling of the emotion he had behind it and the fact that he's holding a grudge. I just, I don't know, I was really, it just looked like an old man who spilt the soup entree on his like your uncle at the wedding, he just can't eat properly and suddenly he's trying to look cool or something. It was just sad. And, and sometimes, unfortunately, Buzz is, he's like the last one to the party. And especially at 360, I, I don't mind listening to Paul Kent because I feel like he can talk some pretty common sense. And even though he's pretty strong-minded, I know he's a fan of he's, him and Ricky, your mates. And Paul Crawley seems to um, be a little bit um, on the inside too but buzz for me he's just a shark i just I constantly see the sharks and there's always been a thing with the sharks on the raiders you know if you go back only a few years you remember when papa Lee and gallon were going each other and we knocked them out and they'd knock us out and we knocked them out last year and we helped gallon lose his last game at shark park which i was proud but i and i've got mates you know that are sharks fans brendan cow's a good mate of mine he's a huge sharks fan but i i just don't think um I don't know if Buzz has ever forgiven Ricky for what happened. I know no Sharks fans have, and they kind of hold this dirty grudge against the Raiders because of Ricky, and, and yet Ricky did a lot of good for that club. So I'm, I, uh, I'm with you, mate. Like I, I'm, it was embarrassing. Fifteen minutes of television, watch Buzz kind of apologise and then not, and get caught out for not really doing it, and then attacking 
attacking the culture of the Raiders and attacking Ricky and Don for why we kept Whiten and we didn't keep Curtis Scott. Well, Curtis Scott got three chances. So it has nothing to do with the quality of the player. It obviously has a lot to do with the quality of the man. And I, and I, I hope Curtis gets the help he needs. And I'm sure he's uh, a great bloke and clearly the players are getting behind him. But, um, you know, hitting a guy in a nightclub, you can't be doing that when you're on 600 grand a year. You just can't be doing it. No. Yeah, I still can't believe he's on 600. That was what horrified yeah. me. Yes. Well, he's not anymore. Look, um, Razor Review with Blake and the Pork is an equal opportunity uh, podcast, and uh, it appears that uh, Buzz Rothfield wants to have his say. Yeah, Buzz Rothfield here now. Who's this absolute gibberer writing under the Twitter account Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork? Whatever the bloody hell that is. Who's that gibber saying that I supposedly don't like Don Ferner Jr. because he sued me for being incompetent? Or something along them lines, mate. Who's the absolute clown running that Twitter account? And what on earth is this absolute crap podcast? Uh, surely no one listens to this absolute gibber, mate. He don't know whoever wrote that tweet about me. He don't know the first thing about me, mate. Uh, stick to tweeting absolute crap and putting out rubbish podcasts. Leave the mighty Buzz Rothfield alone. Well, that was incoherent. Um, <laughs> not quite sure what that was all about, but, you know, like like I said, we are an equal opportunity podcast. It doesn't matter how crazy your opinions are. Um, we'll put you on. And while we're on that subject, it's time for Shark Attack. All right. What's up, everybody? It's my favorite week of the year. Well, it happens twice a year, most years. It's Roosters Week. It's the week... You let your hatred flow like the river sticks. All right, I hate the Roosters. You hate the Roosters. Most people hate the Roosters. Even Roosters fans hate the Roosters. I mean, let's be real. I mean, I do feel a little bad for them that all their players have been injured. You know, they've had a really bad run of luck. Uh, It's really sad that they're all injured. I'm very, very sad. No, I'm not. I don't give a shit. I couldn't care that they're injured. I am. I do feel bad for Joey Manu, though. You know, no one should have their face broken on live television by one of their old friends. Uh, And really, let's be real. Let's get this out of the way. What Latrell Mitchell did was an asshole buster move. Uh, It was bad. Uh, But I'm not going to turn into some weirdo NRL 360 racist chud baby and vilify him about it. I'm just going to say it was bad and we're going to move on. It happens in football, okay? So, yeah, the fans are the ones who really will suffer here. The Roosters fans, I do feel a little bad for them as well. Uh, again, I'm lying. No, I don't. I hate all Roosters fans. They're all crumbums. So, yeah, that's it. I hope they're all lying in a pool of their own tears in their bed on Thursday night after the Raiders win by 6,000 points. All right? So that's it. That's my prediction. 6,000 points. Uh, okay, I just got to Kingsley's, so I'm going to get out and get the kids some breakfast and some COVID-19. Go, you green thing! Well, look, I agree with him. I hate the Roosters too. I, I despise and loathe the Roosters. Are they our most hated team, gentlemen? Ah, uh, Storm for mine. Always a Storm. Roosters, if it comes to a Roosters Storm game, I, I will go for the Roosters, so. 
Sometimes yeah. you don't know. Sometimes you're watching a game, you don't know, and then you just you realise, no, I'm going for this team. Mine, mine yeah. is probably the Storm because of the way that they they've kind of changed the sport, and they're this even tr- doing it. They're even doing it now with the way that they're they're controlling the marker, whether they're the marker or whether they're the ball, the guy playing the ball. But yeah. I've hated the Roosters for so long because they're just they don't have any juniors. They poach players, and you know, like mm. you, you, you sign. Sonny Bill, Cooper Cronk, Angus Crichton. Like you look at, I, I don't know. James Tedesco. Um, James. All of a sudden, you know, you, like, it's, you, it's ridiculous. And then suddenly they talk about, oh, we've got these juniors, whether it's Joseph Manu or Sam Beryls. Well, no, that's manly. Like, but uh, yeah, yeah. But then you then you've got this situation, of course, where the Storm signed people. But there's a very clever signing. So of course, their person who's advising on referees this year is none other than Burn Sutton, who last year was running the referees. And whose brothers are two of the referees that get gigs every week. So I wonder what their conversation's like around the dinner table. So how are you going to ref the game this week, Jerry? Uh, I can't tell you that, Bernie. It would be inappropriate for me to do that. Chris, how are you going to do it? Well, I know you're my big brother, Bernie, but, I, I, you know, like it's inappropriate for me to tell you anything about that, you know. So, well, you know, Bernie, I, I'm Bernie's sure they're above there, board and everything. Oh. Oh, look, I'm sure he's not. I'm sure it's all kosher and above board. I'm absolutely certain of that. I'm certain there is no talk whatsoever of them knowing what's going on or knowing what the predilections of each referee are so he can actually guide the players in that. But it's the appearance of that, I think, Matt, that you can say to yourself, how can it be possible that one year you can coach a referee and then move to a completely different area and say, this is how you should deal with the referees and play against them? I, I, I think, yeah. Well, what I mean about when he's in their ear, I'm sure he's in the ear of the players and he's in the ear of the players letting them know where the rules are around the ruck because I've never seen a team control the ruck as well um, pre-wrestle and post-wrestle. And against that game that we played them, I'm sure the Raiders fans listening to this all agree, every time that a Storm player plays the ball, he steps over the mark. You watch Brandon Smith, you watch their wingers, they walk forward and they grab the they grab the um, marker. marker. Yeah. Well, when they're, you watch Munster, he's not playing this weekend, but when their players are getting tackled on their line and we're like, we started to defend pretty strong in that game and we're gang tackling, we're trying to squeeze them into the corner. They get behind and they rip, they rip the Raiders tacklers off. They get behind there and they're not allowed to touch the tackler, but Melbourne Storm support players are ripping off tacklers. And yeah, right. The ref doesn't blow that penalty anymore. And they're just, they've figured out really, the grey areas around the ruck that might not be the wrestle and they still can control it. They well, the, 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 in, the in our game against them, the ruck was incredibly slow. And I think we only got a couple of six agains and the yep. six agains we did get were for them being inside the 10 when they were just coming up fast. But yeah, we didn't get we didn't get a single six again for them holding in the ruck and it was as slow as it's ever been. So I don't know how they, they always seem to get away with it, don't they? They find well, another... different ways or... Another side that always gets away was the Roosters who we've got this weekend, and it is a must-win for both sides. They need to win to try and make the top four, and we need to win to make the top eight. So there'll be no love lost in this one. First matchup on the Thursday night. They flogged us last time, 44-16 at Central Coast. Um, and then, of course, straight after that, Curse got decided to go to Kokomo's. But Joey Manu and Suwali, both who won't be playing, ripped us apart. But so did JWH and Takiaho. Both made over 200 metres each, and Tedesco had flies on him. Went off for a little bit injured, but then came back on a rip apart. We made 11 errors. How do we see this one playing out? It's going to be tough, isn't it? It's going to be, t- be The team they've named is is a lot better than the team uh, I thought we were going to come up against, um, you know, a couple of days ago. And, and 
if you saw the betting odds, originally the Roosters were in front, and then once it looked like they're going to have all these players out, um, we had become favourites, but we're back to being the underdogs again after they named that mm. team. Takiyaho, I thought, was, was going to be injured, but he's he's been named, hasn't he? He's, he's definitely the playing. They were starting... Well, yeah, we'll see. Like, he's, he's, of course, the guy who made the break in the 2019 Grand Finals straight after Joey Manu dropped the ball and no one noticed um, that led to their their game-winning try. But James Tedesco, uh, Daniel Tupo, Josh Morris, Adam Keir and Matika Valu make up the back five. Um, so I'd say if we're going to be going anywhere, it's going to be towards Ikevalu and, and Kieran's side. Uh, Drew Hutchison, Lachlan Lamb in the halves. But Sam Walker has come back on the bench at 14. Then in the front row, they've got JWH, Verrills, Takiaho, back rowers, Angus Crichton, Tupanua, and then uh, Isaac Louis, or Liu. Liu, sorry. yeah. Um, yeah, their bench, Sam Walker, Egan Butcher, Ben Maskey, and uh, Tuka Howe Tapua. Um, I don't know too much about him apart from he, he lobbed a punch at someone. Is that right? No. No, you think you've Daniel Saluka for feeder. Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. You're right, you're right, right. We've got uh, CNK at the back, uh, Harley Smith-Gerald's on one wing, Jordan Rathen are going to the five on the other wing. In the centre, Sebastian Chris got a double last week. Um, yeah, looked a lot better. Uh, Matt Tomoko looking absolutely fantastic. Jack Whiten and Matt Frawley in the halves. Josh Papali'i, Josh Hodgson and Joe Tarpane in the front row, which I think is the match of their front row, frankly. Um We've got Hudson Young and Elliot Whitehead in the back row, which is very strong. And then Sia Soliola in the 13. Apparently, there was a big call from the players to get him back into the side. On the bench, Emre Gula, Ryan Sutton, Corey Horsburgh, and Saliva Havili. Um, I think we got them on the bench. Yeah. But we're going to have to we're going to have to win up front to start with in order for that to come into effect. Yeah. I think yeah. that's one of the reasons why Ricky's chosen Soliola. Obviously, like you said, the players have asked him to be back, and I think considering you know, what he's been through over the last 11 days. Um, I know the Raiders will be really up for this. And and having having Tarpany and Papali'i to start the game, and they've been starting so well, you know, Tarpany in the last month has probably been as good as he's been since late last year. And, yep. and then Soliola, he's got a good 15 minutes in him. You know, we were a bit worried earlier. Maximum 15, maximum 15 minutes. Don't leave him out there for 20 minutes. No, <laughs> at the 16th minute, send Brett White out real quick. But, um, but he's, you know, he's defensively pretty stout, and that's where I know, knowing that the Roosters had a pretty weak bench, I think Ricky probably knew that was coming, and he's decided to put out his most experienced squad in that first 20 minutes, so we don't get blown off the park like we did last week, and um, and then we just need that the middle rotation to come on and. And not make the mistakes that we all know they have in them. You know, Havili, Gula, Horsburgh, and even Sutton lately, they've all got one or two handling errors, whether it's trying to play the body ball or thinking about pass before they catch it and and uh, or an offload with, with Horsburgh. But um, that forward pack is, is, for us, is as experienced as we can put out there. And I guess so is theirs at this stage. You know, theirs is a... It's as good as a forward pack they've put out for about a month or two. So it's going to be a really cracking start to the game. And then we just have to try and shut down Sam Walker when he gets on because, you know, he he's he was the difference in that game against the Dragons. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, he worries me when, when we start to tire. And we know we do. We know we give up meters in the middle. We've done it to most teams in the second half. And um, Sam yep. Walker is probably going to... Um, come in and play a little bit of a running role there like he did in that game against the Dragons and, and I just hope that we can um, 
we could hold off and, and we can keep playing to our strength down that left side with Rapana, who's just been amazing. He has. We've got two advantages as a, one disadvantage and a disadvantage. Uh, one, we've been in Mackay for the week, whereas they've had to travel up there. So hopefully we're more acclimatised for it. But disadvantage is Jerry Sutton's the ref. Um, I, 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 I've rarely seen a match. I mean, he's the guy who yelled out to Ben Cummins, no, it's not six again, to make Ben Cummins change his mind. Um, you know, I, I look at this thing and I think there's just no love for this, yeah. you know. Well, the, the, cons- um, for, the conspiracy the theory is that the um, you know the Roosters will get the rub of the green from the refs this week to make up. There'll be a bit of overcompensation. Oh, but yeah, look at the grand final. I mean, I, I've never. I mean, I hate to bring it up for all our Raiders fans, but every Raider went to every public appearance in that week for the media, and the Roosters didn't do any. And then they turn up to the game, and their trainer stops a try, and then there's the six again, and then Cooper Cronk. It, it, it should have been a. Penalty try. It's just so many things that just went against us in that game. Well, the inter- I'm not over it. Obviously, I'm still talking yeah, about you're it. Yeah, you're still scarred. You're still scarred. The thing about that, uh, the that was Ben Cummins, and Ben Cummins was the, the Roosters' most hated ref previously. Robinson was always going on how they never won. I think it was all the Anzac Day games that always lose when Ben Cummins was a ref, and yeah, they were there was some stat that always reel out that they never won under Cummins, but obviously Cummins did right by them that day. Look, and they don't yeah. reel it out, but it's it, it's just it's all all gamesmanship. There was recently they were saying, oh, they've only won you know twenty nine or thirty nine percent of the penalties. That's because uh, they the give them away, weekend, and that's because they deliberately give yeah. them away. They were deliberately it was a tactic giving them away to hold Absolutely. their line to reset their line and wait for the error to come out. And that was just the way um, they were playing the game. So for them to come out and say, oh, poor us, you're not giving us penalties, like, dude, you knew what you were doing. Everyone knew what you were doing. Do you think we've all forgotten now? Because I sure as hell haven't. Anyway, look, Arnie J, Arnie J has done some good analysis on how we might beat them. So now it's time to rip in with Arnie J. G'day, Raiders fans. Very good week for the club. We have re-signed Rapana, who has been dragging us into the finals for the last two months, and the equation is easy for us this week. Win Thursday, then worry about Friday night later. As of recording, I don't know the team's name, but our coaching staff need to concentrate on two things and we can be 80% there for a win. One, stop the running metres from the following players. Daniel Tupou averages 179 metres per game. Teddy is 180. Both in the top 10 NRL players for the comp in this stat. JWH and Angus Crichton average 145 metres per game. Two, Sam Walker and Teddy both in the top 10 average for the comp per game for line break assists and try assists. Close them down in attack and keep them quiet in general. From a Raiders point of view, we need to do the simple things well. Win the forward battle and grind them down. They have had a horrible run with injuries and look to be at the end of their tether. They had a bruising encounter last week, so I expect to see them pretty flat. Hope to see you all next week for the first round of the finals. And look, I think it's good that you've talked to him to make him calm down because he gets a bit effusive sometimes, doesn't he, Blarko? He's a uh, he's a volatile character. Speaking of Arnie J, and this, he's this a loose cannon. This is this is big news for the Arnie J fans out there. Arnie J is actually going to be launching his own podcast soon, and it's going to be focused more on the the, the uh, sort of stats betting side of things for both rugby league and horse racing. So um, once it happens, we'll uh, we'll put the word out there. Do you think Danny Stewart's going to, you know, go and go uh, go to that podcast instead too, you know? 
bloody mercenary that he is. <laughs> um, but look, sure. oh, a sharky's uh, on everything. Shark. <laughs> Sharky is on everything. He's a Philly so, boy. He did say a fantastic story about when he was young um, in, in the early 2000s, him and his mates going around um, Philadelphia and changing all the Nelly Furtado posters to read Nelly Furtaco, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> so, you know, he's not all bad, our Shark, man. One of uh, um, one of, one of my good mates is um, plays on John Sharky's album and plays guitar with him. And he said, um, John's unique... Uh, marketing campaign for his new album is to go on as many rugby league podcasts as possible. <laughs> He's certainly pulling that up. Look, someone who's uh, who's completely loyal to the Raiders View and Blake and the Pork uh, podcast, Lord Funkington, seems he's in a bit of trouble. You other scrubbers, it's Lord Funkington here. Uh, you might be able to hear it. I'm driving around in my car during lockdown trying to find a hotel to stay at because uh, Mrs. Funkington's kicked me out of the house. Um, it was a bit of a hell of a Barney, uh, not quite 2019 grand final standard, but I feel it's my duty to tell you what happened. Um, we were going through our planning session for what Lord Funkington should say on Blake and the Fork, um, and I said, it's Roosters week, we're playing the Roosters. And then I said, you know what, I don't, I don't actually mind the Roosters, I quite like watching them go. And she said, what the fuck did you say? And I said, no, honey, it's all right. I, you know, the Roosters aren't bad. They have a lot of success. They do really well. They recruit with the world. She said, get the fuck out of my house. And I went, oh. So what's wrong? And she said, get out. What are you, you know, what, the Roosters. It's the Roosters. The salary cap cheating, premiership stealing, player stealing, rotten, giving out houses to people's parents. And oh, jeez. Jesus, did I get a mouthful? I've cleaned it right up, but my word. So now I'm looking for a house. Um... Uh, well, there's a lot of houses, but there's no hotels. So I'm trying to find a hotel. Um, interesting. It was interesting. I had no idea Mrs. Funkington was such a passionate hater of the Roosters. And you know what? So am I. Fuck them. Raiders by 56. And we genuinely hope that uh, Lord Funkington actually does find a place to stay. Who knew that uh, Mrs. Funkington was such an avid Roosters hater? I mean, I am also one, but I didn't know... She hated them quite that much. Look, but I do have to say, I do sort of agree, not minding the Roosters. Oh, my God. Come on. you got to hate the Roosters. And this is the week we got to hate the Roosters. Hate the damn Roosters. Hate on them. Hate them for everything they're worth. Because you know what? They deserve our appropriation. They deserve our hatred. So let's get into them. Um, who's got a lift? Who's got a lift? Who? Good one. That's that's some good. Well, it, I mean, this segment should be called Jack's Got a Lift because while he's playing a lot better football, his defence has improved through the roof. If we're going to win this match this week, I want him to rip them a new one. I want him to do that straight, hard, no-nonsense running where he is just an absolute bully with the ball and without it, where whoever's on the other side of it is terrified. I remember a couple of years ago when young Bronson Zeri came out for the Sharks and was making a big noise and was running people around and they came and played us and Jack White and buried him four times and he went off injured and I remember thinking I remember it completely stuffed the, the Sharks that day I want another performance like that I want him to absolutely bury someone on the other side someone like Angus Crichton someone like Angus Crichton show Angus Crichton what it feels like to have a divot made in the turf you know by that I want to see Iron Jack come out and do that anyone else we think has got a lift gentlemen Emery Emery Gula. Um, just get up and play the ball. Don't try and do that, you know, plant the ball on the, the ground first and then sort of flap around. He's, yeah, his handling in the last few weeks has not been good. Uh, yeah, and also we've, we've touched on before, but Corey Horsburgh as well, um, he's got a lift. 
Yeah, for me, Matt, it's the middle. It's the middle. It's the middle bench rotation. You know, I think we've got a really good balance right now with the way Tarpany and Papali are playing, and and then as soon as those new guys come on, um, they've got a mistake in them, and just like Gula and Horsburgh and Havili had a mistake in him last year. You know, and I just feel like they're going to play um, Warrior Hargraves for maybe the eighty minutes. Um, yeah, he was he was one of the big differences in that game at the Central Coast. Uh, he was phenomenal in that game, and we can get we can get the better of him. We've proven it, you know. Papa Lee has proven it, and Tarpon he's proven it, and we just can't let them get back into the arm wrestle at that 20, 30 minute mark, you know. And Gould has got the body size and the shape, and he's he's definitely he's like Papa Lee two point Like he's he's got the game, and and earlier in the year, he does. Last season. He was the guy that I was really excited about because of the development that he's come through from when he first debuted and his mum was there and you know everyone's crying and and the player that he is now he can he can be dominant you know and he's he's the one keeping um, Louis out of the side you know who was playing State of Origin last year so I, I um and Ryan James who was playing great for the Dogs last couple of weeks so I, I want mm. you know I think you're right there Blake I think. If, if Gula can put in a good 20 minutes, then we've got a really good shot at this game. Well, the advantage is, as we've said, I think is the bench. So it really comes down to Ricky using the um, the bench rotation properly. Yep. You know, and getting the but interchanges right and the me. minutes right. Because we've got four players that can all have an impact on the bench. He hasn't gone the usual Ricky bench, one wacky pick. He hasn't put Sam Williams on the bench, you know. He hasn't got a winger on the bench. He's got four guys that can play in the middle. So we've just got to get the minutes right because, yeah, we've the, that's our big advantage. And he's got to get solely older is, but... before he gets too gassed. Yeah. Like in the old yeah. Coast game, you know? And... He does. But our chance here is the fact that you talked about CNK in the match against the Roosters last year in the finals. The other player who absolutely went through the roof in that game was Joe Tarpanay. He was berserk. They couldn't handle him. They didn't know how to. He was just up for it. He keeps playing like he is. We've got a real shot because... Um, you know, we all have wraps on Big Papa, and Big Papa's still a, a very good chance getting the, you know, the Meninga medal this year, I think, although we think Jordan Rappin is probably going to get it. I think he's a bit too far in front. Joe Tarpanay in form, and he has been the last couple of weeks, is the difference between us being an okay team and us being a dominant team because he is as good as we all think he is. So I want to see him lift as well. Look, uh, you've got a listener of the week for us, Blake. We, we've, we've skipped past the most important segment of the show, you realise. The extended yeah, match. Yep. You're ditching right. your favourite segment. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. giving the extended bench to the Raiders. On I want to hear it. I want to hear you say the extended bench. I'm on the show. The now. extended <laughs> bench. Who's on the extended bench? Sam go. Williams, Semi Valamai, Elijah Anderson, and Trey Mooney. For the Roosters, we got Moala Graham Taufer. We got Brad Abbey, the well credentialed uh, Brad Abbey. We got uh, Nafua White, and we got Daniel Saluka Fafita. I'm giving that one to the Raiders because I recognise more of the names. Yeah. Okay. Listener of the week. Are we happy now? Listener of the week. Listener of the week is Henry Carpettis. He's actually um, one of my son's friends, and his parents are good friends of mine. And his dad actually sent me a message uh, earlier in the week, and he said, um, "Henry is obsessed with your podcast. It's his essential bedtime listening." And I said, "Does he agree with me that the pork is an idiot?" He said, "He thinks the pork swears a lot, but he's not too bad." But Henry is one of the most passionate Raiders fans you'll ever meet. I actually took Henry and my son to the um, Titans game. And while thousands of people streamed out of the ground uh, for full time, 
we stayed till the very end because basically Henry wouldn't let us leave. So, Henry, keep bleeding green. Keep up the passion. One of the good things about the recent um, success of the Raiders and the run to the grand final is that you see a lot more kids getting around Canberra again in, in Raiders gear because for a while there, they're more likely to see a kid in a, in a Storm jumper or, you know, a Broncos jumper or a South Sydney jumper. So, it's great that there's this success has really re-energised the Canberra community and we've seen there's a whole new generation of Raiders fans to move forward mm. as opposed really to all of us that's really up in the glory days. On you, Henry. Well done, buddy. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I think all three of us were... Um, well, I'm not sure about you because you're a bit young for it, um, but those of us well into our 50s like me and Blake eh, um, were there at the, the, the early days at Seafit in 82 and 83 when it certainly wasn't the glory days. Certainly wasn't the glory days. There was no yeah, glory I, days I, there. I probably stumbled in there around... I was born in 79, so probably around 86, 85, when I yeah. was uh, probably six years old playing for the Woden Valley Rams and, you know, kicking around at the southern end of Seaford Oval after the game, trying to... Picking play, up cans. Picking up cans, you know, kicking the cans, playing like footy, and then sitting in the car, listening to around the grounds, trying to get out of Queanbeyan. It was, you'd sit in the car for an hour, so... You would. You know, it memories. was very but, difficult. Um, there were some glory days at 82. 83 would be at Parramatta, and then we beat them again. I remember with David Grant diving over the shoulders. I remember that's that that's next well year. That's the next end. year. That's 84. 83, we, yeah, 83, we beat them, but there was a test match on in, um, in New Zealand that same day. Australia was playing New Zealand on the, on the Sunday, so they had half a dozen big names out. All right. So I remember down. being there when we beat Para. It was, it was a good day. Look, there are reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. And, of course, uh, Jordan Rapiner, the big news that the Raiders were with Blake and the Port broke over the weekend, re-signing for two years. Very, very, very exciting re-signing. I think Jordan Rappiner will... I mean, when we started this podcast, I said he was the greatest winger to ever wear green. And I was mocked and derided for that statement. But you were uh, the dissenting voices seem to be getting quieter and quieter because I now have him ahead of, of everyone. The only one that's even still in the conversation, I think, would be Chicka Ferguson. You know, I, I have, great I as have he was. On one wing. I have Rappiner on the other wing now. You, you've won through just because you were right about Jordan Rappiner. I mean, imagine being the sort of idiot who would say at the beginning of the season you didn't see Jordan Rappiner in your 17. Yep. Yep. Is he's it, made he's sort point, of ask clown do that. that. Is every point that Jordan Rappiner gets in Player of the Week and the land speed record um, voucher, does that go to a point to the ask clown of the year? For, uh, for uh, absolutely, it does. And that that's why I'm pretty much the runaway winner of that. I mean, Henry Perinara's got a chance. Blake's making a late play with not pressing record. Um, but I think, <laughs> I, I, I think I've pretty much got it wrapped up. And I think uh, Brett Finch put it very well the other week when uh, when he ex- exclaimed his uh, strangers. Look, another reason to be cheerful is we're still in it. Um, we're still in it and we're still live. Other teams, they're gone. They're, you know, they're planning their last match before they go out and get drunk or whatever you do now on non-mad Monday. But we're still in it. We've still got a red-hot chance. And for all of you people out there, believe believe we can actually do this and we can stay on our skates. We can go for a run and be the first side ever to win from eighth position. And it will be something that will go down the annals of time. People say, do you remember where you were? I was still believing and I'm still believing right now. And the other thing is when we win this weekend, we get CHN back next weekend. So our team gets even better. So those are great reason to be cheerful. Look, we've got a sponsor of the week. I know you like cutting this segment out, Blarke, because you don't like supporting the people that, you know, support the Canberraiders and bleed green. But, you know, we're here to do that. Keep your money bleeding green. Buy the Canberra milk. Go to the income tax professionals. You want to get a forklift? A Toyota forklift. This week, 
you want to work out and you're going to need to work out after lockdown, go to Clubline. They support the Camberators and they bleed green. Okay, so keep your money green. What have we got coming soon? Well, we've got the finals match next week, eighth versus fifth. Now, are we going to be playing Parramatta or are we going to be playing the Roosters? If we beat the Roosters, does that mean we play Parramatta? Can we not be... I, we can't... I don't think we can play Manly. Yeah, the way I see it don't... and the way that... I mean, we've kind of copped a little bit of a tricky weekend because obviously the Storm are putting forward a much weakened forward pack. But the way I, I see it is if we win this weekend, then we play Para. And, uh, and then if we win that, we'll likely play South. And then if we win that, we'll play Penrith. And then it's the Storm and the GF. Well, Penrith, the Eels have pretty much given up this match. They've pretty much given up this match. And yeah. they've rested virtually the entire side against the Panthers, who've come out with a full side. So Panthers still want to get the top spot, which they can only get if the Storm lose. But I think the Storm are a red-hot chance of actually beating the Sharks because it doesn't matter what side they put out. They're all playing to bellyache and they're going to put in their best effort because they all want to be in the side that perhaps is playing in the grand final. So well, they've you, now got their opportunity to the reach for the golden ring. When was yeah. the last time the Storm lost no, two in a row? No, long time ago. And you look at their team, you know, there's, there's a heap of players out, but you still compare, go through the squad player by player. They still look a lot better than the than the sharks in a lot of positions. Nico Hines at six. I mean, he's certainly a good one to have in there. Yeah, and you've still got Pappenhausen, yeah. Jerome Hughes, and Brandon Smith. So they've still got a pretty strong spine. Harry Grant off the bench. But I'm looking yes, forward to watching they've this got a good chance. the Raiders. Just our spine. Like this is the first time, you know, we've now got um, Frawley at seven, who's who's got a great kicking game and actually takes on the line. He, one of the first things in, on the weekend, he threw a dummy and he went, and then he's building up his combination with Jack. And then obviously with Hodjo when he drops back to first or second receiver and then, you know, seeing K's back. So that, that spine is, is, is it, we might have a little bit of positivity here and there's a bit more space on the field on the weekend. A lot of this year, you know, we're watching, watching the Raiders play and Jack's going down the left side and he's cramped. He's suddenly try, he's trying to trying to squeeze four players into where he can only fit two or three and all these short passes and they're dropping it or where he's, he, he was able to make decisions earlier. He was able to decide whether to go or whether to pass 10 metres from the line and, and that's because he's got, you know, he's got Frawley and, you know, and I think the, the forward pack is starting to give it more of a roll on. So I'm excited to see he is fine place. And I too am excited but... It is now time to just prepare and get ready for that match. All you Raiders supporters out there, believe Matt, it has been great having you on the show. I hope you come on again. Um, it's well, wonderful move. hearing just how deeply you believe Green. Moving forward, Tim, um, you know maybe next season you could play a bit of an impact role off the bench. Contracts. Oh, that could happen. <laughs> join, right. join, anyway, join, you... join the prop rotation with uh, with Elite Whitehead. <laughs> Thank you. You have been listening to the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, Raiders View with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And I'm Matt. And we will talk at you again soon. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork.